I mean, how do you help a hurting world? Well, you help the people right in front of you, one person at a time, one conversation at a time. When I'm purposely and living those days out, then man, you are finding fulfillment in life and joy despite chaos. Welcome to the Summer Podcast Series at Freedom Church. I am your host, Pastor Mike Brake, and I am joined alongside by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Castell. Stephen, welcome, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. It's a beautiful day out here. Out here is where? Uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Yes, you are out on the East Coast right now, which is what I love about technology. I'm right here in Los Alamos. Steven has uh, been with Freedom almost since the beginning. And uh, uh, while he's attending church out there, he's still still connected, still stay connected with Freedom. Hey, Steven, uh, we don't have a sponsor for this uh, podcast, although if you are listening and you want to sponsor us, we would lo- more than love a sponsor. But today, our non-sponsor sponsorship is, who, who who's this? who's sponsoring our podcast today? The non-sponsor sponsor for this uh, episode is Red Rose Iced Tea. It's a great quality iced tea that uh, I have found from my father-in-law and his family. They've been drinking it since the... 70s in California. You can find it anywhere, especially Amazon. Okay, Red Rose Iced Tea. If you're listening out there, Red Rose, you want to sponsor the Freedom Summer uh, podcast series, jump on in. (laughs) Um, Hey, why are we doing this? Uh, I wanted to, you know, while while it's summertime right now, I don't know where you're at. You could you could be on the beach somewhere. That's where I would be. You could be camping out in the mountains, which you know. I guess if you're out in the mountains, you probably don't want to be listening to to us. But maybe while on your drive there, I don't know. We we want to be able to stay connected while you're out this summer and help you take your next steps of faith, even though maybe you're not in the room. And we know uh, today with our culture and society, hey, podcast, let's let's jump on, and we were gonna cut. Cu- uh, we want to tackle some tough topics and just help us uh, on this journey. Well, today's topic uh, and episode uh, title is God Works Through People Who Work. So let's define it, Mike. What does that even mean? God works through people who work. Um, I mean, God can work through how whatever means he wants. We'll just set that straight. But... More times than not, when you look at scripture, I want to share some in a minute, in a minute, but he works through people and he works through people who are following him and being obedient. Uh, Jesus says to his disciples at one point, he says, and this is in Matthew chapter nine, he says, uh, the harvest is great, but the workers, the workers are few. So he says, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. So to me, that just tells me God wants you to produce fruit in your life. And in order, he's like, there's a great harvest. There's a lot of fruit to be produced, but we need workers. And in order to have, you know, to get the harvest, you're going to have to have people who work. Could God just bring in the harvest himself? Yeah, he could. But here specifically, he's saying, hey, you want to see the harvest? You're going to have to go work the fields. Uh, Stephen, is there anyone in scripture 
were somebody doing something, God doing something amazing uh, that stand out to you? Yeah, uh, one of the stories that always comes to mind when uh, you talk about people working or doing something that Christ asked them to do is uh, from John chapter 21 when uh, the fishermen had been out uh, all night fishing and they had uh, brought in their nets and caught nothing. They had washed their nets. And Christ said, hey, put your nets on the other side of the boat. And the, like the context is like, I know this is going to cost you more work. You have to wash your nets again. You have to do this. But trust me. And so they did. And they filled up their nets so much that their boat started to sink. That That is God working through their obedience. What I find is interesting, like God could have just made the fish jump in the boat. And I think so often that's what I want. I want God to just bring the blessing bring the answer, fix them, fix me, fix whatever, uh, and totally dismiss the process. Uh, whereas the processes, there's usually some sort of process. I know for me, like, I like um, the first miracle that Jesus is recorded as doing, turning water into wine. And the Mary comes to Jesus and there's no wine at the wedding. And then she goes to Jesus and says, hey, can you help? And he's like, it's not my time. And then she's just turns to the servants, almost as if she doesn't even hear Jesus, which I love that dynamic. And she just says, do whatever he tells you, which, hey, if you want to be successful in life, underline that verse. I think that's uh, John 2, 5, do whatever he tells you. And then it says, standing nearby were six stone jars used for Jer Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. So that's a lot. That's a lot. That's heavy. Jesus told those servants, fill the jars with water. And when those jars have been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of the ceremonies. And then it says, it says this. So the servants followed his instructions. Um, they had to roll up their sleeves if they had sleeves, carry those heavy things to go get the water, do what he said. They had to sweat bleed, whatever, do some hard work. And then those, those servants, they got to see that miracle. Uh, so to me, yeah, almost anywhere you see those things in scripture, it's someone being asked to do something and then they get to see God move. Uh, for context, Mike, a, a gallon of water is 8.34 pounds. 8.34 pounds. So did you do the math already on that? Um, I'm not it's about hundred. 170 pounds worth of water in plus one jar and vessels plus the stone vessels. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of wine too, by the way, which that story <laughs> is not about getting wasted. <laughs> uh, there's more, I, I, that's a whole nother podcast for another time, but, uh, it's about doing work, doing, doing some work. Well, and Jesus, well, I, there's, well, again, that's a whole podcast for another time, but no, Jesus provided the wine to the party, but he asked other people to do it. He could have just done it right there, uh, I believe. But he said, nope, I want to I want to bring other people along for the journey. Absolutely. Um, question for you, Mike. Why? Why do we work? What is the purpose? So it's one thing to say God works through people who work. But why? Which I think is a fantastic question. Um, simply, you know, we do it for God's glory. I think we know when we follow God and do the things that he wants us to do, 
uh, we're going to find blessing. Like it's for our own joy. It's for our own peace. But many times those things, like we just mentioned with those guys carrying all that, that water in those jars, like it's going to be hard work. It's probably not going to be something that's easy. Those guys who were, who didn't catch everything that night. And then you have Jesus saying, Hey, go cast the nets again, which means I'm going to have to clean them again. I just, you know, I've, I've struck out, I've struck out, I've struck out. I'm probably going to strike out again. You know, there's this idea of like, I know better than you, God. So sometimes it can just be frustrating to follow God when he tells you to do something, especially when you're not seeing the results. But I also know, like, there's a lot of us that I believe we are going through our life, our existence, we, we lay down our heads on our pillows at night and we're wondering what are we even doing? Why are we even doing this? We're kind of in this hamster wheel of life. Um, and all of a sudden when you team up with God and allow him to start directing steps in your life, things take on a whole new meaning and a whole new purpose. And so for me, like my, my goal is, you know, I want to give God glory Glory looks a lot better on him than it does me, but I also know when I follow him and I'm obedient to him, that's going to be better for me in the long run. I want to be able to lay my head down at night saying, you know, today I did my best to help a hurting world. I did my best to help a hurting friend. I want to be able to lay my head down at night saying, you know, today I did my best to help a hurting world. I did my best to help a hurting friend. I mean, how do you help a hurting world? Well, you help the people right in front of you, one person at a time, one conversation at a time. When I'm purposely in living those days out, then, man, you are finding fulfillment in life and joy despite chaos that's that's happening. So, um, you know, that's to me a little bit of, of why I work. I don't know if anything in there resonates with you on why, why do you work, Stephen, or what's some of the things that, that you see um, as to the benefits of why do we why do we work for God? Well, first I want to say that uh, it is not for salvation. Uh, this work is uh, because of our love for Christ, uh, not because we can add anything to salvation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I enjoy working for Christ and looking at... Um, what he's called me to do every day because it connects me with people. It connects me to the hurting world and the ability to, I don't know, go to a restaurant and tip someone extra because you can see the hurt and just to be able to say, you know what, God asked me to tip you more. Or um, when you see a friend hurting and you're able to ask the right questions of like, what's going on? I can see something wrong and see the response of like someone actually cares about me and you're showing them Christ in that way. It connects me to Christ better. It helps me understand his way of interacting with people and how he interacts with me personally and the way that he gives grace and mercy to me. So in a way, yeah, as you are helping other people, you're just kind of seeing how he sees them, but also how he sees you and interacting with them absolutely now uh are the people listening won't know about this but you had sent me a clip a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago 
that I thought was fantastic. It was a pastor talking about the level of investment uh, that we make. And, and many times, like, we can go to, to church on a Sunday and someone hears a sermon and they're like, oh my gosh, that was so impactful and so uh, personal me. Thank you for, for, for sharing that. And then I can also, in that same sermon, as I'm hearing people uh, talk, I can see people asleep. <laughs> which is has uh, has definitely happened uh, before, and I guarantee you the person who's asleep probably not getting anything out of the message or or whatever. And uh, and the pastor was making the comment in the clip that you showed me. Um, he's like the the reason people will get something out of something is is the level of investment that they have in that moment. And he also used the example of a football game. Whereas myself, I could be watching a game, all into it, yelling, screaming, hollering, you know, all these sorts of things as I was watching the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl. And then my wife or my kids could be watching the exact same game and just be like, eh, I don't care. You know, this is boring. You know, two people watching the same thing with different responses. Well, she has no investment in that game whatsoever. And so therefore she's not going to get anything out of it. Uh, I get a lot of stress and I age myself and <laughs> my heart rate is up. Why? Because I have a lot of investment. I show my, my boys disc golf on YouTube and I can see the level of, of excitement in them the more we watch it because they're getting invested in it and they understand what a birdie is. They understand who these players are. And the funniest thing is to see them out in the front yard practicing. Like, I got an ace. I got a birdie. I got a... Because they get that level of investment, whereas a year ago, they didn't understand the game well. You also read a book recently called Not a Fan by Kyle Eidelman. Kyle Eidelman. And... uh Tell us a little bit about what you gleaned from, from reading that book. Oh, I didn't finish it all. I got bogged down. Uh, <laughs> I had, circ okay, well, I had circumstances. Confession. I had circumstances in life that took away from that. Um, in that book, uh, one of the things that I read was uh, that we were called to be uh, not a fan of Christianity. A fan is someone who sits in Bronco Stadium up in the nosebleeds and uh, cheers. But that's just a fan, and we're not supposed to be a fan. We're supposed to be someone who's on the field. And the more you get into the field, you're not just like a trainer on the side or a coach, but you want to be the player on the field. And the more you get onto that field, the more like a win or a championship would mean is because you're putting more work. Into it. Okay. God works through people who work. All right. Well, what does that look like every day of, of my life? Cause I got to go to work. I got to take care of the kids. I got to run these errands. I got to grocery shop. I got to pay bills. I got to do all these things. Is that, is that the work? Well, maybe I think as soon as you bring God into the picture, everything becomes an option for an opportunity for him to work through you. So I think 
the first thing is is just having a mindset, a mindset that wherever I go, there I am. But guess who's living in me? The Holy Spirit, Jesus. Jesus' spirit lives in me now. And so um, when I, a couple years ago, I was interviewing at different churches before we started Freedom Church. And one of them that I thought I was going to land at this church, it was in Oklahoma City. And it's called the church at, like the little at symbol right before you're at gmail.com. It was called the church at. And I was like, what what's going on? But the more I interviewed with these people and, and looked it up and just kind of heard their story, the whole concept of their church name was their mission and vision to say, wherever you are, you are the church at the baseball field whenever you're coaching uh, your t-ball team. You are the church at the hospital whenever you are a patient or you are a doctor working there. You are a church. You are the church at the school. If you're a follower of Christ, you are the church at wherever you go every day for the rest of your life, even on vacation. I always wanted an asterisk. I'm like, do I still got to be the church when I'm on vacation? I'm like, can a pastor admit that? Like, <laughs> I'm out of the country. Do I have to be the church? Yes. Everywhere you go, every day of your life, it's a mindset to know like, hey, I'm the church today. So knowing that, also building in some of the spiritual disciplines, all right? So it's one thing to have the the mindset, but then I'm going to spend time with God each day. And for me, it's usually in the mornings just to kind of get my mind right. Start my day with Jesus, talk to him, get into his word, listen, pray. And it doesn't have to be more than 10 or 15 minutes, but it could be five minutes if that's all you have. But I'm going to find that time, make that time, and spend that time with him. And now, I'm when I do that consistently, I'm open to hearing what I call whispers from God throughout the day. Okay? Hey, everywhere I'm at is an opportunity, potentially. And I'm not always thinking about God, but then every now and then I'll get this nudge or this whisper. Hey, go say hi to that person. Or, hey, go give that tip like you said. Or, you know, different things. And then I then I have the choice. I'm either going to jump in and cast the net on the other side, or I can be like, nope, God, I'm too afraid, or nope, I'm too frustrated. I don't want to do that right now. And he's saying, hey, cast your nets off the boat. Go off a little bit deeper, and let's do this. And I'm like, "Ah." I'm in the same spot as those guys in the Scripture. Hey, do whatever he tells you. And so uh, for me, that's how I try to do it on a daily basis, week in, week out. Years ago, when we got over in uh, Blacksburg, we went to a church called North Star Church. And uh, their motto when we were there changed because of hiring a new pastor. And he challenged us to don't go to church, be the church. Hmm. So I like exactly what you're talking about. Is like be the church where you are. Um, it's It was one of the most mind-opening things. I had heard similar things, but being concise, it's when I'm in traffic, be the church. When I'm dealing with my children, be the church. You are Christ to these people, so act like it. Be the church at the 7 o'clock or the 7 a.m. commute to Los Alamos at the lab. That's a hard one. Easier said than done. (laughs) Gail would argue that it's harder to do the 7 a.m. commute to D.C. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I would say, so I worked at the lab for seven years. And when I did, when I started implementing this, 
it was crazy how God would just drop conversations in my lap. Not all the time, but consistently. And I wasn't looking for it. I'm not, I, at that point, I wasn't a pastor. Uh, I was just, I was going to church, helping with the youth group. And then people would just start asking me questions about my faith. There was one morning in particular where I was uh, praying before, before I went to work. We actually had a conference down in Albuquerque that day, a training session that we we're going to go. And I was going to be riding with some friends of mine. So I had to leave a little bit early. But during my prayer time, one of those whispers came and it said, hey, when the time comes, be ready. And I'm like, be ready for what? I, you know, we, it was a weird thing. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Uh, so we go and we do this conference and on the way back home, we're driving through Powake. So it's already, you know, the whole day is gone. I had completely forgot about what God had whispered to me in the morning. So just, it wasn't even on my mind. I wasn't even thinking about it. wasn't anticipating it, nothing. And then we were in Pawaki and somehow got on some sort of spiritual conversation. I think they were talking about Islam or something. And then all of a sudden, point blank, one of the guys in the front seat said, Mike, you're a Christian. What do you think about that? What does Christianity say about that? And my heart sank because it recalled me back to that morning when God said, when the time comes, be ready. And I knew right there, I'm like, I have a choice here. I can just say, oh, I don't know, you know, and just kind of pass it off. But because God had spoken to me in the morning, I'm like, no, you better don't just skate by with a surface level answer. They're asking you a question. Share. Now, did anybody get saved in the car on that that trip home? Yes, there was a whole revival in Pawake. We stopped and I preached a message. No, no one got saved. Nothing even happened from that that I know of. But I had a chance to hear from God that morning and be obedient. That, But at the same time, like I still... I still tell that story today because I'm like, man, that's the church being the church wherever you're at. Like that story pumps me up because that was one time where I got it right. I got plenty of stories where I did it, but that was one where I got it right. I know that when I was working at a restaurant in Blacksburg, um, because I had been a Christian and I had treated people like people and treated them well, um, my coworkers would pull me aside and be like, hey, we're having a debate about this moral philosophy. What does Christianity say? And it was very interesting because you walk in there and they'd ask you something of a difficult question, but because they invited me into the question, I could say what the Bible says. And I didn't feel like I was attacking them. And they didn't feel like I was attacking them because they asked me yeah. for, the, for the answer. Yeah. And that's probably a very wise, a wise approach <laughs> if they're asking you into the conversation. So let's wrap this up a little bit. How does this subject of working hard and working for Christ apply at Freedom Church? Yeah, so, I mean, God works through those who work. Uh, my, my thinking, and I'll say this from the stage quite a bit, is that I believe your purpose in life is probably 95% of the people is going to be outside of the church walls, like uh, not on a Sunday morning inside whatever church wall, be it at Freedom Church or a different church. Uh, so it's that idea of doing it, um, on, in your daily life, in your home, in your workplaces, wherever you're at. Okay. So even if you don't know what your purpose is in life, just keep being the light and the salt and obeying whenever he whispers and you'll eventually find it. But 
I also believe God has called us. There's some sort of purpose. There is something to do to serve your church family. The one that, the place that you are calling your church home. So if you call Freedom Church your church home or you call another church your church home, I do believe that God has called you to serve there. It may not be your primary purpose in life, but I do believe each one of us are called to be a part of a church family. Uh, Christ hasn't given up on the church. And, you know, I want to give up on the church sometimes, but I'm like, he hasn't. He's still there. So he's the one I call Lord and Savior. So I'm so you're still going to find me there. So at Freedom, you know, it's it's one of those things where you just you jump in and get involved like. I think a lot of times we can overthink it. Well, you know, I, I, I can't play an instrument or I'm not really good at technology or I don't know about kids or I don't know. And we can, I don't know, or kind of procrastinate or I'm too busy or whatever. And we're going to miss out on, on what God wants to do. So my, my thing, if you're listening to this at freedom and you're like, well, I want to kind of help and plug in, but I'm not sure where, or maybe I've only been coming for a few weeks, but I can't like just jump in. You don't have to find the perfect place. Uh, you jump in somewhere, and I guarantee you over time, uh, I mean, if you're just hating it, like if you're going to punt a kid in Freedom Kids, then you probably don't need to work in Freedom Kids, right? We'll move you to another, we'll move you to another place, and, and you know, so don't hate life, right? There's plenty of other opportunities, but what you're going to find, the people who plug in, the people who serve and serve consistently, they start to find a sense of ownership uh, within the church uh, family. They start to find friendships and connection through serving uh, other people. They start to grow spiritually. Uh, Stephen, I'll give you two examples just from this, this past week, from the two different conversations with people that I had. Um, and, and so one of them was there was this family that were, has been coming for a while to freedom and they're, they're loving it, but they're also, as I was talking with them, they're like, yeah, we're, we've kind of just kind of been attending for a while. We really like it. God's speaking to us here. And then they also mentioned in that same conversation, they're like, and we're going to be leaving pretty soon. So it's just, or in a, in a, in a couple of years or something like that. And it was kind of like this casual, like, Hey, we like to attend here, which at freedom, you're welcome to attend. We're, we're. We're grateful that people attend and come and, and check it out. And then I had a conversation with a different guy who was like, hey, this week I invited a friend of mine and he came and he came with his family. Now, Stephen, you tell me who is probably going, God works through people who work. He could work through either one of them if he wants to. But who is more than likely going to see some sort of fruit, see God working in someone's life, or see God moving? The people who are just casually attending, saying, hey, I like to come here, and God kind of speaks to me, or the one who is actively serving, inviting people, and they're seeing them show up? I mean, absolutely, the person that said that they saw God working because <laughs> their friend came, because they worked. Yeah, and that person was... Uh, you know, why do they do it? Well, hopefully they're doing it for God's glory, but they were ecstatic. Whenever I talked with them, they were pumped. They were like, wow, God actually said yes to this. And it, they were motivated that day to serve God even more. So I don't know what God's doing in their lives, but someone was obedient when God called them to invite and the person said yes. And you just get to God, watch God work. This is what I love about Freedom Church because this is not harping on Freedom Church. 
uh, so many people get it. I think that's kind of why we're talking about it, just to reemphasize, like, hey, great job, team. Great job, people who are serving. There's a there's a couple uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. One is uh, David Allen, who's just been recently serving at Freedom, and he's been serving on our, our uh, First Impressions team. Now, David, they've only been coming uh, just for a few months, but they've already started the plug-in right away. And David has some experience in working with First Impressions. And so he typically for First Impressions, you think, oh, well, it's the person who just says hello at the door and welcomes people in. No, David takes it to a whole nother level. And our First Impressions team takes us to a whole nother level. It's more than just a hello. You have people walking in our doors for the first time, maybe for the first time in a church ever. Uh, I've heard several more stories where it's the first time people have come to a church in decades. And their first taste of church is our first impressions team. And I guarantee you, people that are making a decision on whether or not they're going to come back within the first one to two, maybe three minutes. And it's that first impressions team that are doing that. So David is out in the parking lot. He has ideas that he wants to wear a shirt for those who are new. We're not doing this yet, but I th- this is genius. It's like it captures the vision of like, hey, if someone's new coming in, I, w- I want to have a, a reserved space just for new people. Could we get, you know, get some signs and then I could help uh, uh, welcome them in, guide them, you know, walk them into the thing, help them get the kids checked in. Like David's plugged in and he's already has lots of ideas on things that are going on, but it, he just has that inner energy and enthusiasm uh, for serving and greeting people. And I've been seeing him knock it out of the park. Um, another one is the, the guys who are serving on our sound and production team. And, and, and sound and production is like, okay, well, you know, we set up the lights, we set up the microphone or whatever, but these guys take that same mindset of like people are coming in to worship uh, God. And some people are just coming to check it out. We want an environment that is engaging, that is welcoming, that is, you know, within our context and our community, something that's going to work for us. Well, these guys, what I love about this team is their passion I'm not passionate about lights. I'm not passionate about audio or, or whatever, but they have conversations uh, about how, you know, when when the worship team's singing, how, you know, I don't want them flatline. They're they're getting their voices and raising their their uh, their their bass or lowering their bass and just all these different levels and adjusting and they're having great conversations about what sounds good, what looks good. Um, and then you see the you see new guys jumping on board. Um, we've had that team has kind of grown recently where that's a contagious thing to have people who are passionate and they're building community slowly um, in those moments. So I would just say, you know, there's a lot of people at Freedom who are doing a great job of that. But if you're like, oh, I don't know, my best advice in any church situation is just jump in. And if you're not going to jump in at a church, I'll just take it this because I'm not territorial. If you're not going to jump in and serve at a church, I mean, I, w- you, I do think you should. Jump in and serve at a at a nonprofit in your community. You know what nonprofits, including churches, are not saying? They are not saying, oh, we have too many volunteers. We have too many helpers. No, almost any nonprofit in our uh, planet is saying we could use some help. So just jump in. One of the things that I enjoy about Freedom Church is the the culture that you guys have of experimenting with where you can serve, um, experiment, jump in. If you find someone that you 
connect with, ask them where they're serving and, you know, serve there for a week or two. If first impressions isn't your thing, you know, go ask someone else. And I love it that Freedom Church doesn't look down upon you because the first place you tried to serve didn't fit perfectly. Yes. And to me, I think probably what I enjoy seeing more than anything is it's it's not the, it, it, like it is doing, like we are serving and we are performing a task, but I am seeing people build relationships through their serving. I am seeing people kind of like you're with a, a team of like-minded individuals. So that's just as an encouraging thing yourself. Like this past Sunday, um, I know we're in the summer and we're pre-recording this, but we had a baptism. And I was talking with some people, but as I'm talking with somebody, I'm looking in the background and there's this whole team of people cleaning up, picking up chairs and doing all this stuff. I almost started crying. It encourages me because I'm like, I'm not alone. Like we are all in this together and God's right in the midst of a baptism service where, you know, that's people saying God's changed my life here at Freedom Church. I'm like, God's moving. Um, and so he's working. It's God works through people who works. It's a, when you get that process going, it's fun to be a part of. Yeah. I have a final thought for this podcast of, uh, working in, uh, being the church outside of the church, uh, having worked in restaurants, the absolute worst crowd to serve is the Sunday lunch crowd. Oh gosh. If you want to make a difference in your community, go to lunch after church and treat the servers well. Don't be the typical Christian who thinks that they are owed everything and tip them appropriately and don't give out tracks. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. So be be specific. When you say treat them well, uh, don't give out track. On a Sunday morning, they know you're a church crowd anyway, more than likely. So just tip well. Uh, tip more than well. Uh, love your neighbor as you would love yourself. If you do happen to give out a track, tip triple or quadruple. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the worst thing is to be a Christian working at a restaurant and hearing that someone got a track for a tip and nothing else. That is the worst. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that is our first episode of our summer podcast series. Steven, thanks for joining me today. Um, Ro what was it? Rose Tea is our sponsor. Red Rose Iced Tea. Red Rose Iced Tea. Thank you for not sponsoring us today. But if you would like to sponsor us today, hit us up at freedomla.church at gmail.com. And we would love to promote whatever awesome thing you got going on. But until next time, hey, keep taking next steps of faith. Keep hearing those whispers from God in your day-to-day -day life. Take those next steps and we'll see God working through people who work family excited for this summer podcast series we got interviews coming up with chuck mccullough 
Seth Evans uh, from Freedom Kids and a variety of different subjects. So if you're on the road this summer, uh, I hope you're having a blast, but hang with us, stay plugged in, stay connected while you're out. Uh, if you're in, hey, a couple series that are coming up. We got At The Movies coming in June, which is just a fun series where we take a look at some movie clips and draw out some life principles. Uh, biblical principles and see how God can move through that. I'm excited for that series. And then the big one, Q&A, Red or Green, our summer series where we're answering your questions uh, this July. So lots of things happening, lots of great things. Stay connected, build community, have fun, and we can't wait to take some next steps with you this summer.